And welcome to episode 95 of the Retrospectors podcast, Mega Man X. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, we return to the Mega Man series, one that we bizarrely started with Battle Network, but now we're it seems like we're mostly working through the series in chronological order, right? Well, if you consider skipping every single game in the sub-series to get to your next one, sure. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a bit of an interesting thing. I, I actually didn't realise this at the time, but Mega Man, the Mega Man series, the original one, because we played Mega Man 2 back for episode 65, I assumed that Mega Man X was just the next series, like the next iteration of Mega Man. But it turns out that the original Mega Man series was continuing in parallel with Mega Man X, making X a sub-series that was kind of running alongside it. And I think that uh, as our discussion will show, it's a game that despite looking superficially similar to the original Mega Man series, comes in with a very different design philosophy and goal for the player experience yeah absolutely and to be honest this is going to be uh, i think a point of contention in the episode because actually we had um differing opinions when we did Mega Man 2 right mm-hmm. i i distinctly remember being quite down on the game um particularly near the end i thought it fell off a cliff in terms of my enjoyment of it um i really liked the non-linear structure and going through the acts but Man, once you get to Wily's castle, I just it felt like a bit of a slog. And then you had some excellent design with stuff like the boo beam trap and the dragon. I it's fucking like, hate uh, that dragon, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I see people in speedruns dealing with it with, you know, the boomerang and spamming it. I didn't know about that shit, so I had to I had to fight it properly and it was not a good time. I think the other big point of difference for us, James, was that I kind of over time kind of really loved the hardcore difficulty aspect of that game at first it deeply pissed me off with a lot of the attack patterns of enemies but i grew to enjoy learning how to evade their attacks whereas you kind of skipped a lot of that bullshit by using save states uh which i think we agreed ended up being the wrong move but i do agree that some of it is bullshit in that older game yeah, I distinctly remember like grinding health on enemies uh, for quite some time. Every mm-hmm. time I lost health, uh, it was a uh, pretty tedious, I gotta say. And you know, I I think um I think some of the bosses' attack patterns weren't you know as polished as they could have been. Uh, there was a couple of, especially I think like airman's attacks. It felt like they weren't quite built around your moveset it felt like a couple of the exact patterns were a bit hard to dodge for me it was the speedy guy with the boomerang i fucking hated that fight like it just i just you know face tanked the hits until he died with the weapon he was weak to and i had an awful time music was excellent though uh mega man 2 like rock and soundtrack yeah something that uh that mega man X continues in most ways. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Firstly, for those who've never listened to us before, James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. What we do each and every fortnight is that we play through classic games of the past with the intention of reviewing them from a modern perspective. So this is not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to understand and appreciate these games in the context in which they're released. We have just played these games and we want to tell you about our experiences playing them today and how good they feel and how they compare to 
modern games, particularly since there's so many spiritual sequels coming out to these games nowadays? How, how do these original classics that are widely beloved actually stand up? So, so relax, sit down, because we'll be going into tremendous detail into what works about Mega Man X and what doesn't. So, uh, James, we both played on an emulator, uh, SNES 9X, and we both had no issues. Uh, it just works flawlessly, and that's one of the advantages of emulating the Super Nintendo games. Even PS2 emulation you can have some issues with, but for Super Nintendo, no issues whatsoever. Uh, I guess we'll just say that if you... We recommend you listen to our episode of Mega Man 2 first. We will be drawing a lot of comparisons. I wouldn't say it's required listening, but it will add some helpful context for our conversation. So I recommend you download that one and listen to that one first. This is kind of a sequel episode, even if it's not a true one. So there's a lot of value in listening to that first. Uh, basic setup of Mega Man X. So as we said, it's a sub-series of the broader Mega Man games, first released in 1993 for the Super Nintendo, and this is the first Mega Man game for the Super Nintendo. It's set in the future of the original games, and you play as the titular X, or Mega Man X, a robot who's been given free will and chooses to fight the evil robots known as Mavericks, which are led by someone called Sigma. When you start the game, however, you're lacking power and upgrades. There's this nifty intro sequence where you fight a fight you cannot possibly win, and Zero, who's another Mega Man-like robot, comes and saves you and says, listen, mate, I know that you want to do what you can to take on Sigma, but you need to get powered up before you do it. So as a result, you, you decide to take on eight of Sigma's underlings who are helpfully spread out in eight stages. And this is where the game is very similar to Mega Man 2. And I'm assuming most of the other games in the Mega Man series, we've obviously skipped a lot to uh, get to this Super Nintendo iteration. Uh, the game's broken up into eight stages. They're quite short stages, uh, probably about five minutes long for your average gamer, but it could you know take uh, longer or shorter depending on whether you're speedrunning it or enjoying the scenery and hunting for secrets. At the end of each of those stages is a boss, and when you defeat that boss, you get their weapon. So as you play, your arsenal grows. Once you have completed those eight stages, you enter the end game, which is a multi-stage castle-like thing where you have to uh, fight against some sub-bosses and then finally take on Sigma himself. Just so everyone's on the same page, Mega Man X, like Mega Man 2 before, is a 2D action platformer. So you're moving around the screen, uh, jumping on platforms and killing enemies. This is a shooting 2D action platformer. So like the original and like, say, Super Metroid, you have guns and you have a lot of ranged weapons. And the enemies also have a lot of ranged weapons and you have to dodge bullets. So you move through each stage, you kill the enemies, you jump over the traps, you fight the boss at the end, you get a weapon to power up, and then you do it over and over again until you take on the final gauntlet of challenges. James, anything to add to that? Do you think that summarizes this game decently well? Yeah, it does a pretty good job. Um, Mega Man X, uh, along with those aforementioned features, also adds in a few of its own little quirks to the formula. Um, such as the slide um, and the wall jump, which um, ends up making it feel a lot more action-y and, I guess, fluid and mobile compared to the original mm -hmm. Mega Man series. 
other than that, you know, there are more secrets hidden about the place, I think. Um, you are more rewarded for exploring each stage. There are heart tanks, I think one in each level, that gives you extra maximum health. And throughout a number of the stages, there are some very powerful upgrades that you can find, um, the most notable of which being a piece of armor that double, effectively doubles your health um, as it makes you take half damage from all attacks. There's about four of these littered throughout the eight stages. So, you know, there is a bit of an e more of an emphasis on exploration here, although not that much. And uh, most of it is facilitated by these new, you know, platforming abilities that you have. Yeah, the, the levels are still linear, it's just there's some more detailed secrets. Mega Man 2 had some secrets, but they were more things you could access once you'd uh, gotten those item power-ups, you know, the ones that created different floating platforms. Or you would go, there'd be three alternate paths, and one of them would have the upgrade and the other two wouldn't, but you wouldn't know until it was too late because you were falling down the wrong path. This has genuine hidden secrets that you can easily miss if you're not really trying to push push the boundaries of what's in the stage. Uh, so with that, James, I think we should just jump right into the discussion. Is there something in particular you'd like to talk about with this game? Yeah, so I think the first thing that struck out to me was just, you know, I know we've skipped a lot of the games in the series um, going from 2 to this game, but man, the jump in visual quality and just gameplay polish is just outstanding compared to the second game. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like every single enemy in this game was properly designed around the player character and what abilities they had access to. Things like... In the very first, you know, the level at the top left, which I picked first, um, Launch Octopus's World, um, you start off in this kind of beach area with maybe waist-high water, and there are these little, like, uh, skeeter robots that skim the surface of the water, and the water level is, like, exactly at the level where your arm sticks out to shoot its bullet, right? Like, things have very precise height and timing and attack patterns that very you know it, it feels like they've been play tested a lot to make them fit with what the player can do i felt like a lot of times in mega man 2 um there was you know little weird sections where i felt like they probably could have play tested this more you know like i said airman's attack patterns or something like that that didn't quite feel you know like they were spot on Whereas in this game, I feel like there's an insane level of polish on basically everything. I really like that phrase you used, uh, designed around the player, because I completely agree with you. It's very difficult for me to articulate why games like Mega Man 2 and Castlevania don't feel great to me to play, but it's probably exactly that. It feels like the enemies and their attacks aren't designed around the player and their limited axis of movement in those older games. And that's not to say that you can't dodge everything with perfect and precise movement in those games. I mean, I've seen a video of someone beating death with just the basic whip. Like, it's clearly possible if you're skilled enough. But I think for your average gamer, and certainly for me, a lot of the time it felt like I had to almost trade damage or kind of stumble through attacks in order to get through those stages effectively. In this game, every single time you take damage, it is your fault. 
you have a hundred percent ownership over your mistakes because it always feels like you're capable of dodging and maneuvering and approaching the situation differently. There was a marked reduction in how often I felt like something was completely bullshit, to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, like I can't really think of too many examples, you know, at all in Mega Man X, whereas like there are so many examples I can point to for Mega Man 2 in this regard. So overall, it just feels more fair, more designed around the player. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, one of the, and the, it's not always immediately obvious that this is the case. For example, um, one of the bosses, um, he has this an attack where he shoots, you know, three bullets at you and the, the bullets are just slow enough for you to not be able to walk under them. Um, and it took me, you know, a couple of attempts at this boss until I realized, like, if I use the dash, when Mega Man is, like, you know, dashing forward and he's kind of diagonal as he's, you know, you know the animation, he's, he's just low enough to dodge those bullets if he's dashing. Ah, that's um, cool. I didn't even realize that. I was just uh, wall jumping a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's so many instances where there's stuff like that where you can, like learn a little extra thing about the boss um just before we started recording again i got finished playing through the game well at least the main stage is not the castle um again and i noticed a heap of stuff uh, regarding all of these like niche interactions with the weapons that i hadn't noticed on my first time around and that just kind of like reinforced the idea to me that they went over this many many times to try and make sure that everything like you know worked cohesively together i think they did a really good job here so I want to step back from the bosses for a moment because I have a markedly difference of opinion between how this game plays in the stages and how it plays in the boss fights. I agree with everything you said. I think that it has been carefully designed around the player in the sense that nothing feels unfair. But I do think there is a problem here. If, if it is a problem for some people, it ended up being a bit of a problem for me, which is that getting through these stages is too easy. Uh, this game is much, much easier than Mega Man 2, uh, at least in the regular stages. I got through, I think, almost every stage without even dying. And I did get the armor upgrade fairly early, which may have helped in that regard. But there were very few spots which I would say were truly challenging from a platforming perspective or engaging with enemies, at least in those first eight stages. And I think that as a result, while it can still be fun to use your character, it doesn't feel like they pushed the limits of what your character's expanded moveset and arsenal was capable of in designing into a challenge that would truly force you to use your entire arsenal. In a lot of ways, it's more like Super Mario World where it feels more like a fun playground where you get to choose what weapon you like, what weapon is more fun. You're dashing and wall sliding and leaping all over the place. And the poor enemies in those stages cannot keep up with your power level. Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying. There's been a massive difference in design philosophy here, I think. Um, whereas something that Mega Man 2 did was the classic... You know, they'd introduce a stage gimmick, for example, some moving platforms, and then you would do a number of different screens in a row 
mm-hmm. that would have successfully more difficult versions of that gimmick. Um, Mega Man 2, you know, and we saw that in Celeste as well, and we've seen mm-hmm. that in platformers and other games before where, you know, they introduce a mechanic and then they push it further and further and further and further. This game does not do that, and I was also going to draw the comparison with Super Mario World where they don't linger on the same thing for very long at all. You're lucky if you see the same thing twice ever in the game. And they are very limited in how long they stay on the screen. It feels like you're constantly seeing something new, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if you go into Armadillo's stage, the very first thing you do is you jump onto this, like, moving platform that's attached to, like, a minecart track, and it zooms very quickly through the stage, instantly killing, like, a dozen enemies. And then you're flung off, and you fall down this hole, and you have to run away from this huge dozer machine, and then you get away from that, and then you're just going through and jumping and shooting through some platforms, and, you know, it just keeps going and going, and you see different things. And they bring back the, the moving platform a couple of times, but it really doesn't feel like they're pushing the mechanic in any meaningful way it just feels like they're trying to throw so much stuff at you in such a fast pace that you're not really going to get bored well that was the other thing i was going to specifically bring up it's that the plat this game i mean i was going to say this game's barely a platformer but that's being too harsh i would say that this game has de-emphasized platforming Because the original one was like, okay, you're on a conveyor belt and it's moving backwards and enemies are spawning. And if you get pushed too far back by this conveyor belt, those enemies are going to respawn. So you're kind of fighting on this conveyor belt as it's pushing you back, trying to not die to the enemies and also trying not to get pushed back at the same time. There's nothing in the game that even approaches that kind of difficult juggling of perspective and not getting hit by difficult attacks. There just isn't. At least, and once again, I I just want to say that this is just for the regular stages. The bosses are a different bit. There is one climb up the tower uh, before you meet either before you meet zero or just afterwards that I found very challenging. But apart from that, I just don't think the game is really on that difficulty for the regular stages. And that's kind of a bummer to me, particularly because, so you know that slide dash, James? Yep. I fucking love this this thing. This, this thing's incredible. It, in some ways, it's so much better than a dash because unlike uh, your dash in Hollow Knight or Celeste or a thousand games to come afterwards, it is completely cancelable. So you're not committing to a, uh, to like a specific dash. You can slide along the ground floor as long as you choose. And then this slide conserves your momentum. So at any point, you can you not only can exit the dash, you can exit the dash with a jump and you can conserve that momentum and go in that direction. It is wonderful. The game doesn't really make full use of the capabilities of this slide dash, despite it theoretically expanding the platforming possibility significantly, right? Like, that's just not what the game is about. It's not about... Um... Okay, I go. disagree. Okay, actually, go I think they use a bunch. There are a bunch of things that are specifically designed around the slash, the 
the dash and the jump. Um, there are a heap of secrets in the game that require you to like push the dash jump to its limit. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get the like pixel perfect jump, you will not make the jump. For example, when you get um, the power up to your Mega Buster, which lets you get a third level of charge and lets you charge up the special weapons too, you need to do a pretty precise jump into some breakable bricks um, and then make sure you don't fall off, because if you fall off, you basically have to restart the level to do it again. Also um, worth noting, I, I didn't actually do that jump <laughs> or get 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 it in that way. So I, I you did mention it to me, but I never found anything that was crazy difficult with it. Yeah, I wouldn't say crazy, like it would take me like 20, 30, you know, tries to jump where I wasn't really at risk of dying. Um, there was that boss during Wily's Castle that's like, it's like a tank where its head floats up into mm -hmm. the sky. There you had to kind of like, it took me a while to figure this out, but I had to like dash and then jump like through the middle of it to get to the other side because if i jumped landed on it and then tried to dash jump it like head would close on me and i'd take damage so that fight i thought made really good use of the dash yeah, jump I'm specifically talking about the stages once again because right, when we okay. get into bosses in a second and I'll, I'll just forewarn you my opinion is completely flipped on the bosses like i i think that the bosses are, it's a completely different situation i just am saying that the process of moving through the levels and killing enemies is not about platforming through these levels, even even in the same way that Super Mario World was about platforming through the levels and avoiding spikes and going on platforms with those, you know, black uh, furry enemies that would create hazards for you as, as you were moving between platforms. It's just not not the same. That's not what this game is about. It's about the action and power fantasy of just moving through the levels and using whatever tools you deem necessary to get through them. I agree with that. And to me, it made me enjoy the game more, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I, to be honest, didn't really care for um the platforming in you know Mega Man 2 like it's hard but it's not like it's not like fun it's not to... tight in a lot of ways is yeah, maybe it's, a good it's, way of describing A it's not tight and B you don't get this like like when I play Celeste and I do something really difficult in that game and I chain like six dash jumps together and a bunch of resets and like a bunch of you know uh, wave dashes and all that fancy stuff like when you finally make that series of really hard tight technical maneuvers it feels really good when you like finally you know jump from a platform to a platform in Mega Man 2 it doesn't feel fun it's not cool it's like the most basic platforming mechanics ever um with that's, that's, massive that's, punishment man it's that's like, too much i i think that the addition of having to shoot enemies and dodge enemy projectiles in Mega Man 2 actually for me elevates it above you know the precision platforming in sonic the hedgehog i can understand that you didn't like it and i, I get what you're saying that's a bit flat but at least for me Mega Man 2 was was an enjoyable challenge once i got got a bit more into it yeah, I just, I, I guess I just never enjoyed the stages in that game. Like, sometimes I liked the bosses. Um, the stages that I did like was stuff like, uh, was it 
quick man stage where you had to drop down where the bars were coming from the side of the ah, screen. Ah, yeah, that was good, yeah. See, that stuff's cool, um, but that's gimmicky and that's not really, I wouldn't call that platforming. It's um, not the core was, of the experience. No. Um, whereas here, it's not, Mega Man X's stages good. are very, yeah, they're very easy and I would agree that they're too easy and we'll probably prefer them to be harder too. Um, but I would prefer it to be like this than it to be like Mega Man 2 like the addition of the dash and the wall jump just make it feel so much more enjoyable mm -hmm. to me like it's a very fluid game to play like yeah when I was going through it the second time I was blazing through the stages and I wasn't like not killing enemies um it was more like if I chose the right weapon the enemy would die really quickly and if I made precise jumps I could you know uh, skip entire platforms it felt like I was like you know, it was, it was the power fantasy I was happy with. And I agree with you, James. Like, there's no doubt the game feels great to play. It's just that, yeah, it has come at the cost of it being, to me, less engaging difficulty-wise. However, I mean, I've been dissing it for a while. I feel like the bosses are a completely different ball game. In a lot of ways, to me, it feels like this game was designed around the bosses first and the stages second, because the boss design in this game is fucking fantastic. It is modern there's a game that came out not too long ago called the messenger which is like a i guess you'd call it a, a spiritual successor to ninja gaiden but you know there's more ranged attacks so it felt kind of like Mega Man to me and you could put the bosses from this game into the messenger and you wouldn't even know the difference they are excellent every boss has like three to four attacks Every single one of those attacks are fair. The boss's attacks have synergies with one another and require different strategies to evade or dodge or different damage windows. Um, I love the boss fights in this game. Every single one, even the ones I didn't think were, were fantastic, were still good. The bosses and the boss fights in this game are great, just at a baseline level. And that doesn't even take into account the upgrades or weapon choices you can make to shift the balance in your favor. Yeah, I agree. It's so much better than 2. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, uh, the only boss I didn't really end up liking was actually the very final boss. Um, I thought it didn't mm. have that many attacks, and honestly, it was just a patience game more than anything. Um, specifically, its first form was like, uh, I found out, a like, I figured out a strategy that, like, I was basically, you know, he couldn't do damage to me, and I would mm -hmm. do one damage to him, and I would very slowly kill it. It was not very satisfying, but all the stage bosses are great, I think. Um, Storm Eagle's maybe a bit too easy, yep. um, and I think that um, while I do like a lot of the unique interactions that the weapons have with certain bosses, I think there are a couple where the entire boss is just completely trivialized by a special weapon. Specifically... Um, spark mandrel is just not a boss fight if you have the freeze which you will because it's like the first stage you'll beat probably um like he just gets stun locked to death and doesn't get to attack you well th this is what i was going to get into uh, every every boss gets stun locked like uh the chameleon boss that chameleon boss was kicking my ass and I, it got to the stage where I was doing a bit of chip damage to him by like wall sliding and stuff. And then I'm like, what am I doing? There's going to be a weapon that shoots up. This is Mega Man. This, this is how it works. I need to find the weapon that shoots up and then I'm going to find this fight much easier. When I found the weapon that shoots up, which was the boomerang, I just stun locked him. 
Like it was literally shoot a boomerang this way, shoot a boomerang this way, stun lock them to death, fight over. That being said, I don't actually hate this structure and actually think it's quite interesting because you can beat every single fight with your regular attack. And I think that one of the cool things is that because the boss fights are so fundamentally fair in terms of being able to evade their attacks, it means that you never feel punished for not having the weapon that's overpowered against them. So I kind of am less mad about the fact that there are weapons that insta win the fight because you don't actually need to use them for them to still be engaging and enjoyable boss fights i agree for the most part um although the me of a few days ago would have bit massively disagreed after um <laughs> the very because the very first you know boss that i tried to do was armed armadillo yeah that's um, the exception right it, it doesn't quite that that's i wouldn't i would say that that boss you do need the special weapon yeah so i persevered like i was so stubborn i had a friend in discord with me and i like i would have tried to fight that for like 90 minutes to two hours maybe um with just the mega buster um and i finally found a strategy where if i like wall jumped into the top corner like constantly waited for him to do his spin attack and then i'd figured out like the bounce pattern so i could perfectly dodge it um mm -hmm. then i could like if i landed on the ground as he landed i could get one hit on him and it would do one tick of health and then i would have to wait for him to like do the spin again uh and then after like half an hour of that um i got him to one hp and then foolishly died yeah and <laughs> rage quit the stage <laughs> so um yeah that was that was a bit frustrating but you know i also had the same experience with the chameleon boss like you did but you know a few hours ago i went through it again and yeah i did just beat him with the mega buster mm. this time like i was better at the game and i was able to dodge the attacks and he is ultimately a fair fight so um i i think all of them are like if you know what you're doing um which is great and you know it probably is a good thing that the weapons have these weird interactions but i do like the ones that are a bit more subtle for example um you can use the cutter on the octopus or the mammoth to cut off their tentacles and trunk, which disables one attack. Um, with, and you know, and they still have their strong hitting attacks. Um, it doesn't. Just... Oh, that's quite cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. You have to hit them like three times with it for it to do it, and then the octopus can't grab you, and the the elephant can't spray the um the sticky stuff onto the conveyor belt. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I I prefer, I much prefer that than freezing stun lock free free yeah, wing, to right? death. Yeah. yeah, I and I agree with that. I I don't think it's necessary. And in this sense, Mega Man Two is a little better because your weapon just does more damage as opposed to it being a free fight. But I guess that it's more important for me that the fight is fundamentally fair than there is a way to kind of cheat your way to a, to a victory. Just zooming out for a second, I also think it's interesting. Like, I don't know how you engage with the structure of this this game, James, because but like we said earlier, it's open-ended at the beginning. You can do any of these eight stages in any order you choose. What I would do is that I'd jump in a stage, I'd get you know i'd get through the stage i'd get to the boss and if the boss was kicking my ass like happened with the chameleon stage i would leave it and do a different stage and i know we talked about this in our mega man 2 episode but this structure is just excellent 
like allow giving the agency to the player to decide you know what this is too difficult maybe i need some more life upgrades before the i do this you know i can come back later when i'm a bit stronger is fantastic and i just really really love this structure and honestly i think that this structure is enhanced by the stages being quicker and easier to be honest because it lets you like that's true if you, you drop out of the stage and you realize you have to slog through this hard stage again to get back to the boss next time it's a bit of a killer right mood killer right i am um, i i much preferred you know because the bosses are the real stars of the show here um mm -hmm. so i was kind of glad that i could quickly get through them and then you know get to the bosses and it wasn't like i wasn't having fun during the stage because the movement just does feel good it's a it's a good point actually i mean if if you're trying to make it fun to return to stages having them easier to get through does make it more fun you you do feel more punished uh having to return to and relearn the the more difficult stages so i'll give you that one james let's uh let's go to a music break uh, how, how did you feel about the music in this game? Oh, uh, it's fucking excellent. I, I love the soundtrack of this game. I think they did a bang-up job on basically every single track in the game. Um, my favorite, personally, was the forest theme. It's very energetic. Like, it's very high-octane. Mm. You know, the, the moment you load into the level, you know, these aren't, like, build-up tracks. They're just straight into it immediately. They timed the beginning of each track perfectly with the start of the stage, and, you know, it just gives this really, like, energetic feel, uh, like, heroic feel, I guess, to the character. Mm. Um, especially, you know, he's got that, like, determined look on his face as he's dashing forward to this high-energy music. It's great. They're really hammered up in a lot of ways it's bloody superb you yeah. know just one one of the strongest osts we've done and i mean i i feel bad saying that with ambient droning in the room looking at me with it with its dopey eyes but you just cannot deny the strength of this soundtrack funnily enough i was like yeah this is pretty good at first because i think i started with chill penguin launch octopus stage i'm like yeah these are pretty good and then storm eagle hit me i was like holy shit here we go and then i got to the arm and armadillo stage i was like fuck this is amazing like it, it just felt like the order in which i played this happened to play this game the music just kept getting better and better and better with every subsequent track fantastic L loved it the the other thing that stood out to me is that um i'm a really big fan of the undertale ost and i swear to god this this game soundtrack feels like the primary in inspiration for the Undertale OST. It, I've really struggled to find music that sounds the same as this, and it's this. This is exactly the same. So I was uh, delighted to find uh, something that vibed with uh, with Undertales. It's got a very short loop, but I just really like the um, the stage select music as well. Um, and it's it's all great. Like when you there's like the boss fight music, which is a bit more pensive and. Yep. You know, even like something like the password screen yeah. has, has like, good music. It's like absurd. The moment you click, um, and it's the sound effects too, right? Like you click select on the stage and it makes that sound and then it plays the like, you know, it does that really hammy like electric X in the background and it loads mm. in the picture of the boss. Uh, which then perfectly transitions to the start of, you know, the song. Uh, they've done a fantastic job here. I think the soundtrack is excellent. Funnily enough, um, the Penguins theme is actually one that grew on me um, doing it a second time. I kind of... Oh, like... I, don't, I don't hate it. I, I, don't, I just want to be clear. It's still good, but it just really got to another level when I got to those later tracks. So, so James, can you please play my piece of music? 
Yeah, all right. So we'll play Armored Armadillo. Um, just imagine, you know, you're careening through this mine on this minecart, uh, going breakneck speed through hundreds of enemies. Great. Um, this is Armored Armadillo's thing. Patrick, if you make me say the phrase armored armadillo one more time, I think I'm going to go a bit crazy. Um, but You could just call him the armadillo. I, th I think the armored bit is redundant at this stage. All right, so um, I just want to jump into a little point now, if that's okay. Sure. Okay, so revelation I had while playing this game and something that I probably should have realized earlier. It's always kind of irritated me about these classic games, how enemies respawned the moment they were out of your line of sight you know what i mean like this happened in castlevania happens in Mega Man 2 like yep. you move along it happened in kirby as well and it used to really irritate me here i actually think upon reflection and i think it's particularly true in this game it actually serves a very valuable purpose if enemies didn't respawn this game would be even easier than it is because you would be able to determine your engagement range and kite at will by at least having enemies respawn it means that when you're fighting an enemy you cannot retreat infinitely without having to deal with the enemies coming from the other direction and getting caught in the crossfire so i just wanted to share this as like a little interesting reflection and observation i've had how i've had to come around on this mechanic a bit i think that in parts, it can be very irritating when enemies are coming from the floor or ceiling because you can be in situations where you can't interact with them. But actually creating a smaller zone of engagement with respawns actually works and actually has a purpose behind it in a lot of the fights in this game. Yeah, and it didn't actually happen everywhere, I think, um, because this game doesn't have, you know, screens like Mega Man 2 did. It has very, you know, it scrolls constantly as you're moving yeah. up and down and it's got a smaller viewport. Um, so I tend to agree, like, it's the kind of thing that's undeniably irritating, like, every single time it happens. But, you know, if it didn't happen, you couldn't grind for items. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still did that a lot in this one. Maybe, maybe, um more so every time i would like accidentally use all of one weapon and then realize i needed it for the boss or something like that what did you um what did you think of uh the expanded arsenal in this game because Mega Man x has like a big surprise up its sleeve maybe it's not a surprise for people who have played this game before but Basically, you can either get an upgrade early to upgrade your buster, or you can get it when you get to the first stage of the castle. You basically get the ability to charge 
every single alternate weapon in the game to have a more powerful version of its attack. So when you get this thing, not only do you have eight weapons, you have eight weapons that all have sub-attacks or sub-abilities in some instances. Uh, did you go mad with this like I did and just spent shitloads of time trying all the different yes. attacks and messing around it's with so them? It's because... so fun, right? Like, yeah. I feel like other games would dull like um ration these upgrades out to you but all of the upgrades in this game are massively impactful on their own i think <laughs> they busted in half <laughs> yeah like getting like finding that piece of armor that halves the damage you take like you know forever it's like what you know you never get upgrades this powerful in games um, uh, super metroid did it actually but go on did it i forget yeah that. yeah Super Metroid became a cakewalk towards the end because of how many upgrades you got. You were basically invulnerable. Uh, but uh, Mega Man X giving you a one-time 50% upgrade feels more reasonable. Yeah, well, I kind of like that there's so few, but they're all so like, fun on their own. Like, that one Mega Buster upgrade upgrades all like nine of your weapons at once. You just get... A whole nine abilities in one go and you don't know what to do with yourself it's so great <laughs> exactly yeah like it's how, so how fun did, how did you feel when you discovered that you could have 20 seconds of invulnerability i was uh, like that oh. was great i uh i bypassed all of those sections where you had to climb like vertical walls and there were those like turrets that would run away from your shots on the side i just jumped through them forever it was great <laughs> um or yeah like, that was that was kind of insane like when i discovered that i'm like so why is this in shit. the game it's just so like, fun <laughs> you can just get through the whole stage by slide dashing it's 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 amazing yeah in general i think that the weapon selection in this game is just like massively better than mega man 2's yeah, for example it's like agree, yeah. every single weapon is like fun and has a use it's like i felt like the leaf shield was like like why would I ever use this skill? Um, I, I felt like, I felt that way about a couple of items in Mega really, Man Two. Really, I I really like the Leaf Shield in Mega Man Two. Really, man, that's so weird. Yeah, there's a couple of sections uh, which having the Leaf Shield makes it much easier. Like you know the compulse, like where there's a platform slowly moving across the screen. Yeah. Like you just pop on the Leaf Shield while everything's trying to attack you. Yeah, the Leaf Shield is good. I do agree with your point though. There are a lot of weapons which are just kind of whatever and that uh that saw blade ends up being stronger than everything like else. everything that's yeah. not the case here i feel like every weapon is powerful in its own right like <laughs> what don't... were they thinking with that fucking meat blade saw blade thing you could shoot it in any direction, <laughs> any direction right you could shoot it diagonally yeah. my god i just it just it's all coming back to me yeah well like the the weapons in this game have their set limitations right like the boomerang goes you know it can go vertically and it's the only weapon really that can go vertically other than you know the homing rockets but you... and some of the upgrades i think the upgraded wind yeah thing, the upgraded yeah. wind goes up man the wind is so strong normally mm. like it just decimates big enemies like anything that would take a few seconds to kill takes one button to kill with that thing like you know in the underwater level though those like long sea serpents yeah it's like two wind attacks kills yeah also them. also use the wind attacks against yeah it's yeah. great yeah i i also found that i was using uh the different weapons tactically at, at least until i got the upgrades then it was you know easier to just kill everything like for example there were guys with uh shields 
um, and, and like a mace that would throw out a chain. And there were a couple of different ways to attack them. But if you shoot the energy ball at their backs, like at the wall behind them, the energy ball would go down and hit them. Or when I, I was the doing... ice for that. Like, as if oh, you... the ice freezes them if you shoot them from the front, does it? Well, no, I shoot the wall and then it would oh, bounce yeah, off yeah. the wall and hit them in the back. Yeah, yeah, I, I did that that as well. Um, the other thing is that when you're platforming up those uh, those platforms, I can't remember where, but the, there are robots that spawn in the air and come towards you. That was homing rocket time. It's like I this way... I'm not having to do jump attacks while also trying to stay on the platform. I can just shoot these homing rockets, be safe, and make my way up. Yeah, one thing that I noticed, um, again, with the electric thing up the wall, I didn't really use that too much in my first playthrough, but doing it again, you know that tower you climb that has the platforms that, like, they come out of the wall and they have yeah, a gun Yeah, on? yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the hardest sections in the game, honestly. Yeah, yeah. If you use the, like, the lightning will go through the platform and hit the turret and it'll kill yes. it in one hit, which I I only just found out yeah um with that guy that boss too like he's teleporting around the missiles will still hit him even if he's teleporting mm -hmm. um because they're locked onto him which is great boomerang can pick up items uh which was very useful for getting heart tanks in difficult places yeah um, i i read about this afterwards by the way <laughs> i was like Ah, uh, that's how you're meant to get it. Because I was like, what yeah. fucking weird kind of slide dash bullshit technique am I meant to do? There's a there's a thing where you can spawn an ice platform that you can, the, you know, the upgraded ice blast I that zooms find along. A use for that one. And I was like, I was like, do I have to somehow use this with like a perfect slide jump bullshit tricky technique? But no. You're just meant to use the boomerang in a lot of those spots. Yeah, I couldn't find a good use for that ice platform, which I thought was a shame because they're like the. It the... also, you know, it falls off. Like if because I tried yeah. to use it in a yeah. spot and I just fell to my death. I'm like, cool, cool upgrade, man. Because I was well, thinking about the, the things from Mega Man Two, like the the hoverboard, yeah. and those things were sweet, and there wasn't really an equivalent here, which I was a bit disappointed Dude, by. I, I just watched uh, Summoning Salt just released, like in the past few days, a video on history of Mega Man to world records and the way they use those items to get through the level is sick like it's made me kind of reassess how i feel about that i was like jesus i should have been using these items everywhere because they're just massive time skips and and ways to dodge enemies all over the place if you abuse those items yeah well I, like i used it to dodge you know that bit in the fire section with the disappearing blocks like i never yes. i never did that i just skipped it <laughs> yeah yeah me too i tried for a while i'm like fuck this there must be a better way this is ridiculous the shield was probably maybe the least useful but i, it was I good didn't against, use the shield it was no. good against you have invulnerability yeah, it was good against the octopus boss and the final boss because it's like the very last form. It's the only special weapon that can damage him other than the normal buster. Um, mm. uh, the chameleon's shotgun thing, so much damage to some enemies, like uh, completely trivialized um, Storm Eagle for me. I didn't, I didn't really like the attack that much, though, to be honest. Like, it did a lot of damage to some enemies, but it didn't feel as satisfying to use as some of the other ones. Personally, I my favorite weapon, and I mean, I know it's, like, kind of ordinary, is just the flamethrower. Because I feel like that... It just has so much DPS, ammo. <laughs> and in terms of raw DPS, like, I feel like it must be the strongest weapon in the game. And it kind of... The close range 
of the gun makes, makes it, it kind fun. of more exciting. Yeah. Because yeah. you just kind of are like trying to mow through the enemies as fast as you can. In Armored Armadillo stage, um, that bit where you have to chase the big thing, you know, the huge digging machine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can gotta, destroy it. And yeah. you have to kill it really quickly so you can get to the heart tank before it like breaks yep. the platform. Yeah. You can kill it in like like a second and a half with the fire <laughs> whereas everything else takes so long yeah so i think the the flamethrower definitely my favorite um but in general i just had a lot of fun messing around with the weapons once again it's not a challenge thing it's not like oh my god they're forcing you to use every weapon in the right spot it's more just like have is everything fuck around with it have fun and you do have fun and i did have fun um i and i think this game yeah taps into a lot of the vibes i got from super mario world yeah um i did have a couple of criticisms actually to the bosses um there is a very specific problem i have with the bosses um i think and maybe i'm wrong but this is the feeling i got tell me if you had a different experience i think mm -hmm. the bosses choose their attack patterns in a purely random way with no extra um checks or anything and what i mean by that is that it's entirely possible for a boss to use the same attack like 30 times in a row if you get unlucky um and this happened to me a couple of times with bosses that had attacks where they went invulnerable like the octopus's like spin whirlwind thing or the armadillo's like bounce or the boomerang dude's teleport where they just got stuck doing their invulnerable move for like a couple of minutes and i didn't know what to do that is bizarre i i never never had that i didn't i basically would say it's mostly random but from my experience it was semi-random like i i never had them do an attack for like seven times in a row it was more varied than that but maybe i was just on the right side of variance for a lot of these yeah attacks. like surely the chance of it happening is fairly low i mean they only the bosses generally only have like three or four major attacks um yeah and it's not like when i was funny as a chameleon he did the thing where he dropped the spikes four times in a row that never happened so i i, I think that there must be something more sophisticated than purely random um to to make them move through attacks i would say it's mostly random though yeah um, but uh, you may, like i said maybe maybe i was just on the right side of variance and you were on the wrong side of it yeah and i've never really thought about this before because like it makes so much sense like that you would have the boss have like you know some kind of counter where they could only do it and like oh i mean even in modern games like something like elden ring like i feel like you just never see a boss do the same attack twice in a row like, no ever. no there is a lot more sophisticated i mean elden ring has strings as well so it's like even it's particularly complicated with how that game's boss attacks work because uh yeah they can basically input read to react differently and they can combo yeah. different parts of yeah it's it's a whole nother level um but yeah. yeah certainly i found the bosses fair and i didn't really i wouldn't say i experienced this issue game uh, this issue not to take anything away from what you had to deal with mm -hmm. um the second thing i know maybe this probably makes the game even easier maybe but i it really annoyed me that 
If you had a projectile on screen, say for example I shot a rocket and the rocket was travelling, while the rocket is travelling you cannot switch weapon. Yeah, it feels it feels bad but it's also fair. <laughs> because otherwise you could just spam through your eight weapons for shitloads of damage. It's like I know I know it feels bad because I, I had the same thought, but then I'm like, oh okay, I kind of see what it is. This is just the this is the backswing of the attack. I have to use this weapon more well, deliberately. I'm not opposed to there being like a backswing or like a, a small timer, like that means you can't just like, you know, cycle shoot, cycle shoot as fast as you can click. But like in the final boss, I had this situation where, you know, I tried to shoot a rocket at his head and mm. the rocket's trajectory was such that it didn't, like, it just kept circling around his face <laughs> and, and never hit him. <laughs> so I was just, like, I, I just had to reset the game because I couldn't, you know, like, the, the rocket wouldn't hit him and I couldn't change weapon. I mean, that sounds like a specific kind of weird glitch then yeah but like did it happen at any other stage with any other weapon there, there was definitely stages where like i shot and then it was like a two second delay before i could switch weapon and it feels bad like yeah you, you i, can, I can just can't get behind this this is this is just the with the way the game is designed you can't have you switching weapons when you still have another attack in the air i disagree i think that oh man you would ju you just go you just cycle through your eight attacks and just kill everything though would you though like yeah you, like because if you have a rocket you can only shoot the rocket so many times a second right why would that not apply to the other weapons as well i don't see how me being able to swap you know and then after that second delay shoot is overpowered because a few of the weapons have delays right so you shoot the chameleon blast then you shoot two rockets then you shoot to the flamethrower and all of a sudden you've done a zillion damage in the in a shorter window when they actually all go off right well i think what you do is if i shoot the chameleon shot then the chameleon shot has a fixed like second backswing even if I swap weapon, I still have to wait that duration. Okay, sh sure. I mean, I guess that has an effective thing. The other thing you could do is just have the attack disappear if you swap weapons, but I think that feels even worse. Basically, I, I just, and I'm not, you know, obviously when it's glitching out and the rocket's not hitting and you have to restart the game, that's shitty. But in general, I just accepted this as a, you know, as a way to stop you just chaining through all your weapons quickly. And I really didn't have a problem with it. It feels bad, yes, because we're used to having more fluid weapon switching, particularly in the modern F uh, sorry, the modern retro FPS space. Like you if you look at, you know, Doom Eternal, like the whole design of that game is just swapping between weapons quickly. And a lot of the retro FPSs, uh modern retro FPSs have followed in that way. But it just means that you have to be a bit more deliberate. And I, I was okay with yeah, yeah, it annoyed me like every couple of minutes basically. I, like I really hated it. Um the second thing is I think there's a delay between your shooting and when you can dash that I think is slightly too long. Yes, um, I agree with that. I think that Yeah. I don't think you should be able to shoot and then dash immediately after each other because then, you know, you could do some real funky shit. But I think it's slightly too long and a bunch of times I would shoot and then, you know, get hit because I thought I could dash but I couldn't. 
Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out that these things feel so egregious because everything else feels so smooth. Yep, agreed. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I definitely agree with that second example. Can I ask you, James, this may be once again my phobia of controllers coming out, but I was doing okay on a controller with this game at first, but I eventually had to swap to keyboard for my sanity. Uh, my problem on the controller is that so it's uh, X2, it was X2 uh, attack, A to jump, and B to slide. And my problem was I couldn't simultaneously charge my weapon by holding down X and then jump and slide all with the one thumb in a comfortable pattern. Yeah, I would have uh, bound shoot to a trigger instantly. Okay, yeah, but I found it like super, super awkward with the way. Yeah, but maybe so I'm just an idiot with how I, you know, went, I was just copying the SNES controller layout basically. Yeah, I think that's terrible. You want at least one of the buttons on the the shoulder patterns. Um, oh, okay. I, funnily enough, I actually played the whole game on keyboard. Um, yeah, and regret it like horribly. Uh, I found because I had um slide on Z. X to jump and C to shoot, and then I used mm -hmm. the arrow keys, and then I had like S and D as my weapon swaps. Man, it was yep. so uncomfortable to swap weapons while trying to like jump and stuff. Like if I just had the like L one and R one as weapon swaps, that would have been so much easier. Or like L two R two, and then well, th that's what I had. I had L one R one as as weapon swaps, and definitely that was pretty easy to influence to do. It's just the whole slide plus jump plus charge that i couldn't get my head around so. i would um i would bind x to jump like r1 to shoot and then like circle to slide and even then you can double tap left and right to dash as well so ah i did not know that yeah, I always you, yeah you can it works with either a button or you can double tap which is great and i use both um it's also there's this there's this thing it's kind of like secret well it was secret for me i didn't realize it at first there's a wall leap you can do like if you press jump and dash off at the same time or jumping off a wall you will go fucking lying across the screen yeah and in a lot of ways that trivializes the boss fights even further because your movement is insane like did did you know about that at first because it never tells you i don't know if it's ever necessary to well, actually no, get through a stage there's no explicit tutorials in the entire game right like the whole first level is a tutorial that teaches you by yeah. forcing you to like but you never put in a situation where you have to wall dash to proceed mm, definitely there's some health there's some heart you tanks need you need to do it for yeah um yeah. i definitely use long jump all the time like yeah dash and then jump and that felt great yep. and you know a couple bosses were definitely designed with that in mind i think the dog and the tank uh i i really liked the tank fight by the way i thought it was great it's very um, the my favorite bit about the dog fight is that i realized it was more about not moving than it was about yeah moving. me too because at first you, you're kind of like you go into like dodge mode and you're jumping around and you just keep getting hit and then you're like and then once you learn its patterns, you realize you can stay still a lot of the time and it's just going to fly right over Man, your head. It's quite cool. Elden Ring, honestly, like a lot of the boss patterns in that game feel like they're designed to trick you. And I felt that way about some of the patterns in this game too. Whereas like once you figure it out, like, because they like predict where you're going to move almost mm -hmm. I felt that way about Sigma Phase 1. I felt that way about the dog. 
Um, I felt that way about, I think, the chameleon. It's like, if sometimes it felt like the boss was reading my mind. Uh, I, uh, I really struggled with the Spotify. Like, I think I figured it out eventually, which is that it always follows... If it can follow a crossbeam, it will follow it. Will it will follow it, yeah. The, yeah, it, was it cool. took me ages <laughs> to get that. That That's that's a puzzle boss fight you can get on board with, is it, James? Yeah, that is yeah. a puzzle fight. Yeah, because it's like... And it gets faster near the end, <laughs> so you have to, like, react to it faster. And the, the window to do damage is, like, really small. Yeah, so, and you have to almost preempt it, like, be firing as it lands. And because its speed varies as the fight goes on, you can't just memorize a rope pattern. You need to react to the speed it's going. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I, it was very satisfying for me to finally beat that. That's When I got to that fight, I was getting killed, and I actually went back and did some exploration and got like four more health tanks and then i was like all right i'm ready to move on yeah i did i did a bunch of exploration before i started that section because i remembered i had um ptsd flashbacks from Mega Man 2. <laughs> from that was dragon like, my god yeah uh, uh castle much better than Mega Man 2's like i hated the castle in 2 and yeah, i was like the castle i don't know so i did want to talk about this it kind of just rehat like you just fight the eight bosses again, and yep. Mega Man Two does this too. Really, not a fan. Yep. I I don't know. I, I don't know what it adds to the experience. I like new bosses were great. Agreed. Yeah. It it felt like it, they did this big long thing for the sake of it, but once again, there was no platforming really. And I think that one of the good things about those that final stage was the was the platforming. Anyway. I I didn't really love the final stage. New bosses were great. I actually liked all of them, even that that one that, you know, the lightsaber phase, I guess, was interesting figuring out how to beat it. I really liked the final final boss as well. Uh it you, it reminded me a bit of that that boss fight in um, Ace. Yes. Yeah, yes. You, you got boss. it immediately. Yeah. yeah. Where you have to go off on the platform. Yeah, yep. yeah. I was like I was like, man, this is just exactly the same. It's not, but it's it's close enough where it's more about learning the patterns and learning to dodge than it is actually doing damage because you will kill him eventually. Good boss fights. Really, really enjoyed them. Did you get this weird feeling like when you were looking at the very last boss that it's like body plate kind of looked like Majora's Mask? I haven't played Majora's Mask. <sighs> it looks like it. If it, it looks like the mask. It's like why, even got the same color Why do we play shitty scheme. games when we could be playing Majora's Mask, James? When well, are we going to play that? That is like the like guys talking about video games too much game right like <laughs> let's let's skip ocarina of time people won't be mad yeah no not at all <laughs> um i'm actually i want to talk about this i'm actually kind of fundamentally opposed to the idea of the castle section in general it was my least favorite part of Mega Man 2 and probably this game too like to me it, the, it, it's like they throw away the non cool non-linear structure in favor of these like you know boring to bullshit levels um i would just rather there just be the boss fight right after you beat the stages add more stages that have interweaving things and then just have a boss i don't really get any value design wise out of you know a linear stage that doesn't really I don't know. Test. The, pro the problem, yeah, the problem is what it should be is it should be the final gauntlet. It should be hard. 
it should be illicit. It, ju- it just should be. And I know that that's not consistent with what the rest of the game is doing, but that's where this kind of final thing makes sense. It's like, okay, we've you've got all the toys. You've got all the upgrades. We're going to put you to your limits now. You have to use everything you've learned, but it's not. It's just kind of more of the same in terms of difficulty with some good bosses in between. But as a holistic thing in terms of how long it takes to get through it, with the rehashing of you fighting the same eight bosses again in between, I agree with you. It is the worst part of the game. And I just think that they need to... You can have a gauntlet at the end, but it actually needs to be a gauntlet, not not filler content. See, what I'm saying is I disagree. I just don't want there to be a gauntlet of any kind, basically. Because the thing I like about these games is this like non-linear exploration thing where you're trying to figure out what order to do things in and like what neat interactions you can find between weapons. These gauntlets just don't have any of that at all so like that's not not a very triumphant conclusion to the game though if you just beat the eighth boss and the game ends or do you want it to just go straight to the boss fight yeah just go straight to the boss fight like have the final battle for sure well Um, i I guess i I don't want to waste my time on something that's not what i like about the game i guess yeah and i feel like part of the cons the part of the reason you feel that way is that the boss fights are the best part of this game by far but if the other parts of the game were more fun, it would be more fun to have more parts of the game like that, right? Uh, Maybe not, but no, for me at least... Okay, the, the, I, no, it's not about difficulty. It's about non-linear exploration and trial and error. Like, it, it, it's linear. I don't want a linear section in this game, basically, is what I'm okay, saying. To, to, to me, I'm not opposed to the concept of a final gauntlet in principle, I I would just say it's it's pretty poorly done here, but I I'm not intrinsically opposed to it. Yeah, I guess the best way I can describe this is I did my second playthrough today, and it took me like an hour to beat all the stages, and then I unlocked the last gauntlet and was like, you know what, I'm just not gonna keep playing. You know, maybe yeah. I'll even play this again, but I just don't think I'll ever do that last bit again, to be honest. Yeah, and that's that's fair enough. Like, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it's bad. I'm just saying that it's a problem of execution for me. Um, I'm pretty much near the end of my notes on this one. Um, we could maybe do one more music break. I'll, I... I'll allow you to pick <laughs> some music, James. <laughs> even... it's, it's a great OST. It deserves two tracks on the show. Yeah, all right. Well, we're... Um... Oh, what's his name? Armand Armadillo. We already did Armand Armadillo. <laughs> Just do it again. Just do it again. No, we're going to do Sting Chameleon because this is my favorite track. It's like so high energy um, and by far my favorite track in the game. I thought that the other best one probably was... Storm Eagle? Storm Eagles. Yeah, definitely was. Um, but, you know, this is an absolute banger. So this is Sting Chameleon.
Man, what a track that was. Um, it almost feels like cheating to put the music break so close to us wrapping up, but, you know, really good soundtrack, so I'm happy to play more. Patrick, give us your final impressions on Mega Man X. Um, I recommend Mega Man X. I had a lot of fun with it. It it feels fantastic. Uh, like I said, the slide is one of the best bits of platforming movement I've ever experienced. I think that the genius of making it cancelable and conserve momentum is what makes it feel so good to use. And I think it feels just as good as Celeste Dash and certainly better than the Dash in Hollow Knight. Uh, I think that the weakest part of this game is a consequence of its design philosophy, which is that it wanted to be a fun playground of cool new weapons for you to use against enemies um, with a tight design around the boss fights. This has led to the regular platforming bits as you move through the levels to be kind of uninteresting on a baseline level. They're very, very easy to get through. Uh, there's very little in the way of true platforming. There is a little bit, but there's nothing that even gets close to a approaching the dedicated challenge that I feel Mega Man 2's regular rooms do on a case-by-case basis, which to me ended up being the most fun part of the game. But overall, the fact that the boss fights are so damn good, the fact that controlling your character feels so damn good, and the fact that it really pushes the envelope on giving you this incredible arsenal to kind of have fun with means that, yeah, this is a great game. I think you could say that it is probably better than Mega Man 2, but they're trying to offer very different experiences. And I think that I would prefer to go back to Mega Man 2 as like a game to learn and perfect. But if you're trying to jump into a game and just have fun with an old platformer, then Mega Man X knocks it out of the park. It's a good game. You should play it. I just think it's important to acknowledge that with what they're going for, it fails to deliver a challenging experience. And that won't be important for a lot of people, but it might be important for some. You know, personally, I did occur to me a few times that the game was a bit easier during the gameplay, but man, I was just having too much fun to really give a shit, to be honest. Um, I massively enjoyed my time with this game compared to Mega Man 2. I think that they've done a bang-up job on basically every aspect, and I have only really little gripes here and there, like the random, you know, AI that, you know, it happened to me, but not to Patrick, and some, you know, very minor nitpicks about the controls. But man, overall, this is a very tight package. This game is very well designed. All of the enemies are designed for the player. The weapons are all extremely fun. The stages are creative, if a bit easy. Um, I really enjoyed this game. Um, I think the music is fan-fucking-tastic. It's pretty hard for me to find, you know, any real meaningful fault with this one. I would honestly, if you've never played Mega Man before and you just want to give one a go, I'd definitely recommend starting with this one. It's a, it's I a kind great of agree time. with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it doesn't take too long, right? Like, this is a short game that you can complete in a couple of hours and then, you know, eat, want to play again a couple of days later, trying new routes, um, beating bosses with different weapons, maybe with no weapons at all even. Um, you can really, you know, make this game, you know, harder or easier depending on the route you choose, which I think is great. 
and it's just a really great complete package full of a lot of charm and you know it, it really hams it up uh with this Mega Man action hero thing it's got going for it so uh i think Mega Man x is an absolutely fantastic game and would wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone yeah it's it's a it's a good game like there's there's no doubting it and um now that we've played most so we've played a battle network game we've played the og series and now we've played one of the x games we have to do a zero game next i think james those are the ones which are more metroidvania like yeah because that's um that's an because we called this a sub series right whereas zero is like an actual spin-off of x right because zero is the character um i don't fucking know man <laughs> it's too, it's too <laughs> I, hard I don't know. it's too confusing <laughs> there are too many <laughs> uh but yeah i i know that it's the other big franchise the the fourth one i can't believe there are four it's nuts it's kind of weird because like as a kid i only played battle network and had like zero exposure to the other the older <laughs> Mega Man titles and like it's like when i saw zero it was like ah, oh, that's where proto men's design comes from it's <laughs> like i um uh, i saw that you know these games the Mega Man x games were on pc as well because I was like, oh really? my god, there's a PC version. Why didn't we play that? And then I looked up the footage of it. And I'm like, oh, that's is, why is we it didn't bad? play it. It looks like dog shit. Like the the it's very um it's very laggy FPS wise. It looks really bad. I'm really glad we played the version we did because uh, the PC version is not very good. Right. Okay. Yeah. Man, we didn't even get to talk about the cool robot sections. The cool robot sections. What? The vehicle. Oh, when you're in the mech kind of suit thing, yeah. Actually, I do really like that you keep your dash when you're in the mech suit. That makes it much more fun to use. And your momentum, like if yeah. you dash jump with it and then jump out of the cockpit, you go flying, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah vehicles, uh, vehicles are great when they're optional and terrible when they're not. And short, you know. Like, yeah, uh, and overpowered. <laughs> like, what, what, do you, what, what, do you... what do you mean? Uh, the vehicle sections in Half-Life 2 are optional, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, like optional is in the whole, playing the whole game is optional because of them. Yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us talk about Mega Man X. We are the Retrospectors Podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur and my co-host was James Turlings. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got links to all of our social media stuff every single one of the 95 episodes we've made as well as a bunch of articles that james and i have written the most important link of course is our discord server we would love if you would come by and join our discord server that's where we take listener requests it's where most of our community is concentrated and we would love for you to drop by join tell us what you think make a suggestion or just come by and chill and uh lurk like uh, about half of our discord users we got currently a bunch do. of new users the last week it's kind of cool um yeah, we're glad to have them there at, at least one person enjoyed our terrible time in splinter cell james so <laughs> i guess <laughs> That was I great. guess I have you to thank you for at least producing some entertainment from our misery. Oh, I'm very glad I forgot that we can say it's, <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, so please drop on by, come say hi. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, James, you haven't told me what we're playing next Fortnite. I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, that's because I haven't decided yet. Um, All right, we're going to do this live on air. Uh, Resident Evil 4? Uh, 
how far through Fallout Pack? Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> not very. It's okay. I've, I've renegotiated with Chris. He's also not very far through it either. But yes, we should probably, you know, be spending more time playing Fallout Tactics. Um, you may be starting to get an idea of how enjoyable the game is with how slowly James and I are making our way through it. You know, it's it's actually quite funny because I think I'm having more fun with it than I was with Fallout 1 and 2. But that's not to say it's a lot of fun because I didn't really enjoy those <laughs> games. But... It is more, and I think I'm coming round to it weirdly enough, but I am, like, not playing in turn-based mode, which I think is uh, a big part of that. It is It is. It is a long game. That's, yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So, so Jess, what are we doing? Um, do you want a longer or a short game? I think short game is probably ideal, unfortunately. Okay, so well, we'll that's easy, um, because we actually had a um a short game recommendation a while you know a couple weeks ago um drill dozer for the game boy advance it's about four or five hours long i believe and it's it's kind of weird because it's this game that i always saw in shops as a kid and always like saw the art and kind of brushed it off as not looking that interesting but after the recommendation i went back and i read some reviews on this game and man people think it's like the best game on the game boy advance so um, I'm actually kind of excited because I love those, you know, I love that console um, uh, and I've basically liked every game on it that I've played. So really looking forward to it. It looks to be like a puzzle platformer type game where you're in a little mech suit and have some, you know, drill related platforming abilities. So I, I can't believe we're doing two platformers in a row. You are going to get so many stealth games, mate. Someone <laughs> recommended a short stealth game. We're fucking doing that. Uh Get get ready. Get ready for an onslaught of stealth games. It's not like six you in don't a row. like platformers. Yeah, they're all right. I do I do prefer the 2D platformers to the 3D ones. And from what I saw, it does look kind of interesting. I like the um the feel, like the drill has weight. When you drill into something, you kind of almost pop out of the ground from the impact of the drill hitting yes, the platform. Yes. So it does feel seem like and this is just from watching it, not even playing. So it seems like it's got that tactile feel, uh, to give it which you know is very yeah. important for uh, platforms. Apparently, so. you have to play this game with Rumble enabled on a controller. Like you just have to. Okay. Because um, right. apparently, one of the one of the mechanics of the drill is that um, you pr you use the shoulder buttons to spin it in different directions, and it, depending on different directions you're spinning, like if you have like a threaded track, you'll go forward or back, mm, stuff like that. Yeah. So interested to see how this one plays out. Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to it. I'll I'll allow it, James. <laughs> All right, uh that about wraps it up. Uh thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us and we will see you next fortnight. See you then. Bye.